Hello, hello. This is Kim Addis, and I am the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. And I want to welcome you to the Frame of Mind Coaching podcast. Today, our guest is Alex Gramatsky, and he's a young man from Calgary in Canada. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. So I want to know a little bit more about you. And as I learn about you, so our audience will learn about you too. So tell us a little bit about what you're challenged with, what you're experiencing right now, and just give us a little bit of background. Yeah, of course. Um, so grew up uh, playing soccer uh, quite competitively, played in Europe, over in Scotland, England, and Germany, then played in university also um, in Vancouver. Um, that was enjoyable. We had a chance to play in the States, um, also because we were in the NAIA, uh, which then turned, uh, we then moved to the NCAA. And um, all through that time, I was working a little bit, got my real estate license right when I was 18 years old, um, practiced that. Um, but then got pulled into the oil and gas world because I am a Calgary born and oil and gas is the main business, uh, I would say in Calgary. Uh, with that though, I went into, uh, mergers and acquisitions, got involved in a lot of different transactions, closing deals, financing was readily available in the space because of the boom. Um, ended up leading my own different companies in that space, just acquiring assets and then spinning them off uh, to other companies and um, still have some minority oil and gas interests. But um, after the oil, uh, I guess, price collapse um, that occurred, I uh, really thought about what I wanted to do um, and then went to take some time off, but really I went to the, the Wharton School and did a general management program over there to try and figure out areas I want to focus on. Um, in that time, I was, um, I guess, only going to, to school part-time. Um, I was also involved in other uh, projects and development, such as hotels in the Maldives. I'd been involved in biomass developments regarding renewable energy projects. Um, I got into to blockchain and cryptocurrencies, uh, really started to dive into like machine learning and artificial intelligence and kind of was all over the place. And then I thought about what do I want to do long term and where can I sink my teeth into? Thought health is always going to be important. Technology is always going to be improving. So what can I do with the intersection of, of health and technology? I ended up co-founding a company called Live Timeless with someone I met at the Wharton School where we now have a corporate wellness program that integrates the best wellness technologies that we can find in analytics and um, introduces these new technologies to, to companies and their employees. And as there's always something new coming out, um, we are always on the hunt for the latest and greatest. And it's a subscription program essentially where we deliver them things on an ongoing basis, usually every three, four, six months. Um, and that company has been uh, growing um, with wellness being uh, primarily uh, a, a bigger focus for people right now during COVID times. Um, but I also had some anxieties as it related to, to cash flow and ongoing cash flow. Um, 
despite having, I guess, done reasonably well in the oil and gas space. And then I started a company that invests and acquires music royalties because that's a, a revenue stream that I think is not correlated to the stock market. It's not correlated to real estate prices, generates higher returns than bonds. And you own the rights for the life of the artist plus 70 years. So it's long-term cash flow that I wanted to get in. And, and we started a fund that now invests in music royalties. So I've had a quite diverse uh, background. I'd say. What's your challenge? My challenge is, thank you for asking. My challenge is that <laughs> my background is diverse based on that little monologue I just gave there. Mm-hmm. And, and the challenge comes with then not knowing where my domain expertise are because it's such a broad uh, and diverse background. Interesting. So your challenge right now is you've had a lot of great experience and you're involved in a number of things. And I'm not exactly sure what you're currently involved with. It sounds like you're still involved with the corporate wellness company. But at the same time, you're still you're started to get involved in the music industry, in the royalty area. Are there other things you're currently involved with right now? Yeah, thank you for asking. So right now, um, I still have a I sell some real estate developments. I'm a board member of a publicly traded company. It's going through a reverse takeover right now. Um, So those would be the four areas that I'm involved in. And and given that I'm a CEO, a co-president, a board member, an advisor to some startup companies, um, it's it's quite difficult to figure out where I want to go long term because I'm now 31 years old Mm -hmm. and trying to really figure out what's my vocation or my long-term career path look like. Okay. Can we go back to your soccer career? For sure. How old were you when you were doing soccer? Oh, well, I started at probably age six or seven. And um, I played in Europe and moved to Europe um, from Canada when I was around 14 years old. But then I, I kept coming back to Canada, partially because I was homesick, partially because uh, I wasn't quite ready to go yet or I hadn't found the right team. Um, and then as I got older, though, I realized that probably should have stayed over there because those are some important years um, that I missed out on. Okay, so you were doing soccer from the age of six until when? I'd say I pretty much stopped playing when I was 22 in university. Okay, and you're saying that you went to Europe and you're saying that looking back, you wish you would have stayed there. I don't even know if I wish I would have stayed there. I just think that I fell behind because I didn't stay there. So do you see that there's a bit of a pattern? No. No? No. I'd love for you to point it out. Okay. So uh, you move a lot, both physically, because I'm sure you're moving a lot in soccer, and professionally, right? Yeah. So everything you just described is I don't stay in one place. I didn't stay in one place as a kid playing soccer. I kept looking around for the right thing. I wasn't sure. I moved. I did this and I did that. My feeling, not me, but you, my feeling is I fell behind. And now when I look at my career, I'm moving from this to this to this to this, and I keep searching. I keep looking. So I'm going to ask you a question. When you look at all of these jobs and your soccer, what were your strengths? What did you bring to the table? Why do people want to partner with you? Why do people want you to sit on a board? What, like, 
you know, when you play soccer, what was your key contribution? So if I start at soccer, um, I would say it was it was speed and I scored goals. And that was my key contribution, making sure that we win games. Um, when I look at business now, I'd say my key contribution as an advisor is my broad and diversified skill set and being able to bring together uncorrelated or seemingly unrelated events um, and insights uh, for new ideas and innovative solutions. Okay, so it's weird, right? Because your diversity is your strength, but your diversity is what's causing you a little bit of struggle because you're like, I'm all over the place. Just let me pick one thing. Absolutely. That is exactly how I feel. Have you ever done anything for any long time? Like just that one thing where you stayed with it for a long time, maybe a relationship, maybe um, a hobby, maybe a friend. The thing that sticks out that I stuck to with the longest would have been then soccer from age, I guess, six to 22. Um, But I I stopped playing once I felt like I wasn't going to be the, success that I had in it that I initially dreamed of or, or wanted to be so I, I went a different path and essentially university was already when I just started playing for fun because it wasn't going to be that professional career anymore um but how did you realize that um how did I realize that I wasn't going to be playing professional anymore yeah because the quality of university soccer was much uh, lower than professional soccer that I had been exposed to. And I noticed that um, when I was 22, uh, I was probably a worse player than when I was 16. So So did anyone tell you, hey, your skills have decreased? Or did you just say, I'm looking at myself and I'm not scoring as, as much as I used to? Um, I just knew my skills had decreased and the gap was widening between where I was and where I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had a, I set a record in university for scoring the most goals, uh, for the university, which was seven goals in one game. So, um, and I definitely don't notice that those were one-off events because I think I also lost passion and love for the game and those other games where I just played absolutely terrible. And I, and I knew that. Okay. So like the common theme for me is that you're a maverick. You're the guy who likes to go in, make an impact and go out. That that sounds right. And that's part of the problem is it's I'm always looking or searching for what's the next thing. And I would consider myself a, a quick starter or someone that gets something from point A to B. So I wouldn't consider myself operations at all. Um, but that again causes me a longevity problem because now I'm always uh, going from place to place. But at the same time, like your mind works in such a way where your key contribution happens in short, intense bursts. You know, when you're scoring a goal, you're going in, you're scoring a goal, you're coming out, right? You grab the ball, you run and you score, right? Yeah, that's fair. And it sounds like, like that's your nature. That your greatest contribution is when you can go in quickly, make a big impact, and leave. And you know what? That's where I have had my success. And 
big projects, big payouts, usually, you know, less than two years, maybe three to four years max. Um, and exciting projects too. And then once they get to a certain stage, it's, it becomes operational. It becomes working on efficiencies. It becomes on fine tuning. And that's where I, I lose, uh, I would say interest, but also where I think I, I don't have the skills or expertise or, or, or know, uh, or know it all, um, to, to so, help. So the question is, what's the opportunity here for you? And I think it's twofold. One opportunity is that you need to bring your skills to the table and do what you do. Be the maverick and surround yourself with people who can pick up the ball where you left it off to do the operations, to take it, you know, on on the long run, right? So the question becomes, who are you partnering with so that you can bring your strengths to the table? And once that's, let's say, over or once you relent, Someone else can pick up where you leave off. So the first question that I would ask myself is, who am I surrounded with? Am I I surrounded with complementary partners and associates? So that's question number one. Question number two is, so where do my skills come into play? And maybe that means you help other companies grow in a short-term way so that you're engaged in all these different kinds of industries, companies, projects, ideas. I think you're an ideas guy. You come in, you inject your magic, sprinkle your fairy dust, and you leave. And perhaps that means you take a cut of the company. Perhaps that means you're coming in and just doing your thing and leaving and getting paid for your efforts. Perhaps, right? But the idea of movement is very important to you. So, you know, thinking about doing something long-term, that one thing forever, I think will actually kill you. It's not in your DNA. And that's, that's one of the struggles that I have, that it almost feels like I have a commitment issue, which is, in my opinion, not a great trait to have. So I'd rather think about working on that. Um, I, I don't think you should work on a commitment issue. I think you should work on leveraging your strengths, which is I do really, really well when I can come in and come out. Can I build a business where I'm able to come in and come out all the time? And I've never considered a business that would need somebody to come in and out all the time, but I've submersed myself into the startup world where that is that, but it's, it's not one person. It's not one company. It's many different companies, many different sector, many different teams. Um, and it's relatively well organized in, in my head, but, uh, in life, when I feel about sharing my story, I feel like I'm all over the place. And, and that at times feels quite odd. And so you're looking at yourself as though you have a deficiency instead of this really great strength. And it's really about not only thinking about it differently, but leveraging your strengths and creating an infrastructure around you to leverage those strengths. And right now, you're like, yeah, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. Even as you're talking about it, I'm like, whoa. That's a lot, right? But that's not a problem. That's not a failure on your part. That's an accomplishment. And then the question becomes, how do we leverage that accomplishment? And for you, it's creating a business that has a team around you that can pick up where you leave off, but allows you to come in and out, in and out, in and out, because that's what's going to keep you activated, engaged, and contributing at your highest level. So it's not about like, you know, wearing 
uh, handcuffs that say, okay, well, I got to get used to commitment. I got to learn how to do that. It's the opposite. I hear you. It, for me, it just feels very, very short lived. Um, and I'm going to say maybe the better I get at fine tuning the skill, the shorter the life cycle uh, gets, the less work I have to do. So it almost feels like um, I'm at times volunteering my time for a few hours um, or, um, and, and that's, I guess, one of the things I struggle with is when I advise some of these companies, I feel like I should almost be doing it out of uh, just, it doesn't take me a lot of time um, to insert myself into this. And then I feel like I'd be spending time negotiating about you know what what my role or my compensation structure or my involvement should be uh when i could have already um you know brought this company to a different level or a next level or um right which frustrates you it feels unethical to um to it feels unethical for me to spend a few hours on something connect a few dots and then expect compensation uh, for that, but a lot of these companies were very stagnant. Um, so, so are you saying that you believe because it's fast for you, because you're skilled and it takes you no time, that that has no value? That's how I feel, and it even feels arrogant to say that. Um, and that's one of the things I I struggle with because I've had experiences uh, where. I feel like, you know, okay, well, here's some of the things to think about. The blinders are taken off. People uh, open up their mind. And then um, my impression is that they then believe that they can go in and finish the rest themselves, which sometimes is true, sometimes is false because it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, so my, my struggle then comes to uh, how much do I continue to insert myself and, and how much or how little do I share before um get, so, so now there's another problem which is how do you package your expertise and yes. i can relate to that i'm a coach right i've been doing this for 16 years i can come in and coach someone fairly quickly and they're like you know how did that happen so quickly but it happens quickly because i know what i'm looking for and i've been doing it for so long and i have a lot of experience and that experience has value and you're undervaluing your, your value, right? You're undervaluing your experience. So now there's a question of how do we package this? How do we put it together so that people understand the true value of your contribution? So now you have another business problem, which is not so much about what should I do with my life? It's really about how do I package my expertise so that it's easy to come into organizations make a, a massive contribution and get appropriately compensated for it. That's the problem you're having right now. I would agree that that's a problem I'm having with, with the fear of coming across like I have an ego or overvaluing myself. And you might come across that way for some people, right? That's okay. But for other people, they will feel very lucky to be working with you. Right, you're not a match for everybody. Just like I'm not a match for everybody, but that's okay. Right? Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, appreciate that. Amazing. Well, I just want to say thank you for spending this time with me. 
Um, do you have any questions before we wrap up? Uh, I don't think so at the moment, but if something comes up, I'll have to do a little bit of reflection here um, and I might reach out and, and then come up with some questions. Absolutely. So for those of you who are listening, I hope you took something away. For me, in this case, this really smart, capable, brilliant young man came to the table thinking that his problem was focus. What should I be focused on? And what I think is really going on here is that we need to really define his skill set and package it in such a way where he's able to live in his sweet spot, the thing he does best, as often as possible, and find a way to present that to other organizations, companies, and individuals so it's easy for them to see his contribution and, and bring him into uh, different opportunities. So it was just a bit of a reframing situation there. But again, for those of you who are listening and have a challenge that you want help with and you are willing to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. My name is Kim Addis and my email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. And for those of you who have a challenge and want some help but are not prepared to be on the podcast, reach out to me anyway. My email address is kim at frameofmindcoaching.com. Alex, thank you so much for spending this time with me for being on the podcast. And I hope this was helpful. And I look forward to staying in touch and answering any questions you have down the road. Very helpful. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it.